Uh, today, again, I'm wanting to read from Second uh, Peter 3, 1 through 18. I'll be re- reading from the NIRV. And anyway, uh, while you're looking that up, uh, the Lord put, you know, five things on my heart that we can expect or expectations we should have. And we'll be looking at them as we read this scripture today. But expect people to make fun of and scoff Christianity. Uh, Expect that people will scoff and make fun of Christ's return. Expect God has not forgotten us. He's coming soon. And, And expect and know that God loves you. And then expect and know that things aren't out of control, but God is in control. And that's what the Lord has put on my heart for today. And we'll kind of break them down. We'll spend time on some and very little on others. But, but we'll see where the Lord wants to take this today. But dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders. I want to encourage you to think in a way that is pure. I want you to remember the words the Holy Prophet spoke in the past. Remember the command our Lord and Savior gave through your apostles. Most of all, here's what you must understand. In the last days, people will make fun of the truth. They will laugh at it. They will follow their own evil desires. They will say, where is this return he promised? Everything goes on in the same way It has since our people long ago died. In fact, it has continued this way since God first created everything. Long ago, God's word brought the heavens into being. His word separated the earth from the waters. And and, and, and the waters surrounded it. But these people forgot things like that on purpose. And I want you to remember that today. But people forget these things on purpose. The waters also flooded the world of that time, and so they destroyed the world. By God's words, the heaven and the earth of today are being reserved for fire. They are being kept for the day when God will judge. Then ungodly people will be destroyed. Dear friends, here is one thing you must not forget. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow to keep his promises, He is not slow in the way some people understand it. Instead, he is patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. Instead, he wants all people to turn away from their sins. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. Fire will destroy everything in them. God will judge the earth and everything done in it. So everything will be destroyed in this way. And what kind of people should you be? You should lead a holy and godly lives. Live like this as you look forward to the day of the Lord. Living like this will make the day come more quickly. On that day, fire will destroy the heavens. Its heat will melt everything in them. But we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Godliness will live there. All this is keeping with God's promises. Dear friends, I know you are looking forward to this. So try your best to be found pure and without blame. Be at peace with God. 
Remember that while our Lord is waiting patiently to return, people are being saved. Our dear brother Paul also wrote to you about this. God made him wise to write as he did. Paul writes the same way in all his letters. He speaks about what I just told you. His letters include some things that are hard to understand. People who don't know better and aren't firm in the faith twist what he says. They twist the other scriptures too. So they will be destroyed. Dear friends, you have already been warned of this. So be on your guard. Then you won't be led astray by people who don't obey the law. Instead, you will remain safe. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory belongs to him both now and forever. Amen. And Father, we hear your words today. Father, we ask that you take these words and just minister to each of us individually on how you want to today. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to to do this because, Lord, we know you're waiting and willing to move upon our lives if our hearts are open. And so, Lord, we open our hearts to receive from you. Lord, I ask that if there would be anyone in here today or watching online that if they don't know you, that they would be saved today, that they would choose you as Lord. Father, I ask that if anybody would be in here today or online, Father, that just needs a touch of you upon their life, Lord, that they would remember these words that that you love us and you don't want anyone destroyed, but you want to be a part of us. And so, Father, we invite you in. But, Father, if we just need a refreshing today, Lord, I ask that to go across the body. In Jesus' name, and again, we thank you for your words today. I'm going to go ahead and move down. I don't like being up on the stage all the time. But I knew they'd set up for Advent, but they can chase me. But expectation, number one, things that that we should expect as believers. And the first thing Paul talked about is we can expect people to make fun of the word, make fun of Christianity, make fun of things, in the, as NRV said, But the King James uses the word scoff, the SV and the the New King James. But people are going to scoff in the last days and make fun of what we believe in. Uh, We need to remember that they don't know better. And that's what the Lord showed me as we go through this today. We need as believers not to hate people and, and, and get angry with people because of what they become. But we need to allow the Lord to use us to minister to them because a lot of times they just don't understand. And, and, and let the Lord do the judging in the end. But we need to remember that before we even move into this today. But as the Word said today, they don't know how to take the Bible. They don't know how to take Christianity, so they begin to twist it. And I began to think of things, you know, what do the world and really the, even the church world, what do they try to, to twist? And guys, these are things that I even see in the church world, world. They try to twist the Bible to fit their lifestyle. They try to twist the second coming. They try to twist the virgin birth. Do you know people are even saying there wasn't a virgin birth now because it's not possible? Man, they're saying that Christ didn't die that he lived a life just like you and I. 
Guys, if we believe these things and we buy into these things, we can see why people's lives would, are going down the tubes. We can see why people are struggling if they don't believe in the power of the resurrection, if they don't believe in the power of the virgin birth, if they don't believe in the power that Jesus is coming. We can see why people would struggle. We can see why we would struggle. We see that marriage for the believers between a man and woman has been shaken. We see that marriage has been shaken across the world in, in, in all ways. We can see again that the denying of the word, the one that hits me the most is the denying of the Holy Spirit. Because the denying of the Holy Spirit is what starts us into this, this unraveling, if you will. Because the Holy Spirit was given to us to minister to us while we're here on this earth. And if we don't believe in the Holy Spirit, how can he minister to us? So we need to press into these things. We need to expect the, the move of the Holy Spirit. We had a tongue and interpretation, I think, either last week or the week before. And people always make me think I need to explain why that happened. No, I don't. It's the move of the Holy Spirit. We should expect that in our church services and not try to hide it and push it under the carpet. I even know spirit-filled churches that have told me that, you know, we kind of went to Wednesday night for the tongues and interpretations and the prophecies and all that because we don't want to rattle the people online and, and in church on Sunday mornings. And I'm thinking, why? And they said, because they're unbelievers. And isn't the tongues and interpretation for the unbeliever? It's what the Bible says. I don't understand it. But we got to quit giving in to these thoughts and start giving in to the Word of God and what it says and what the apostles did. People will make fun of these things and scoff at these things. And guys, get this because I kind of already alluded to it today. Because they simply don't want to live for God. They do not want to give up their desires to live for God. Peter says it in verse 3, 4, they will follow their own evil desires. They choose that. They're more interested in their own pleasures, their materialism, and the feeding their own lust that they don't want to disturb what they're doing, the sins in their life. They don't want to shake them. We don't want to be disturbed of our lusts. We don't want to be disturbed of our materialism. We don't want to be disturbed with spiritual things. If you didn't like that, I just quoted Billy Graham. And we all respect Billy Graham, don't we? I remember back when Don Lemon's a CNN, CNN host. And the Lord really showed me this. And I'm not being critical of him right now. The Lord has given, be honest with you, I didn't like him before, but the Lord's given me a compassion since I wrote this, the Lord gave me this sermon. But Don Lemons, the CNN host who claimed Jesus admittedly wasn't perfect during his time on earth, man, the world, the Christian world went after him. The conservatives went after him. Most people said he was just trying to justify the riots, that he was just trying to justify what was going on in the nation. And I began to do a little studying and a little thinking and, and just prayed about this. And what I discovered in my studies was that this man was raised in a strong Baptist home. That this man went to Catholic school, 
but now is in a, currently in a gay marriage. When you think about that combination, when you're raised in the, a, 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 a hardcore, God-fearing Baptist church, and you're taught the doctrines and the things of God your whole life, sometimes we begin to push back when we desire this world and some of the things in this world. And, and you begin to see how that works. And, and we begin to look what's behind the sinner. And, and we begin to say it's a sin. And, and we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. And we need to be praying for these people. We need to be praying for anybody that's struggling with sin. Those that get up and say there's no virgin birth. And look inside and see what's really going on with them. Begin to pray for them. Because they just been shook. They've been shaken. But just so you know, the scripture said that Christ was without sin. We don't change the scripture to justify what we're doing. And that led me into expectation 1.5. Lord added this one in. I threw a little bit of a slide together before it came in. But you are not ignorant. God did not make you ignorant. You choose to be ignorant if you are. By the way, that was a Billy Graham quote as well. And I'm thinking Billy Graham and Jesus didn't know the people I know. <laughs> You're probably thinking that about me right now, huh? But the scripture here, it jumps out at me, and I see what they, they were saying. But these people forget things like that on purpose. Second Peter 3, 5 said, we willingly choose to be ignorant. Because when we're in Christ Jesus, we are Christ-like, which means that we're the best of the best. We have the wisdom of Christ, the knowledge of Christ, all the attributes of Christ, the love of Christ, the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ. But if we're ignorant today, we're choosing to be ignorant. The believer should choose to be in the presence and the power and the promises of God. Peter showed us in this scripture how not to be ignorant. He says, think in ways that are pure. In verse 1, remember the prophet's word, in other words, the Old Testament. Remember Christ's words and the apostle words, meaning the New Testaments in verse 2. Then he said in verse 11, you should lead holy and godly lives. Holy lives means you're striving for sanctification. You're striving to be Christ-like. You're striving to get away from your old past, your old sins. And Christ gives you that power and authority to be able to do this. But what really got me is most of all, after saying those, he said, remember, Jesus is coming soon. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later, so I won't spend time there now. Live like this as you look forward to the day of God. Living life this way will make a day come more quickly. It'll go much better for you. I think it's one thought I had of this. 
is, is living this way makes it come quicker because it makes it easier. Because Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So it'll make it easier and come more quickly when our eyes are on Jesus and doing these things. That's one thought I had when the word said living like this will make the day come more quickly. But don't choose to be ignorant. Remember and expect the power of God's word in your life. God spoke to the heavens, the earth, and man and animals all came into existence. Genesis 1 through 3 says, God's the supreme ruler of the universe. He is sovereign. So why wouldn't we want to follow his words? But remember uh, Christ's words. Man, when Christ prayed, the blind were, were healed. They could see. When Christ spoke the words and prayed, the lame walked. When Christ spoke the word and, and prayed, the dead came to life. Wouldn't we want to follow that and remember his words? What about your words? When people prayed, the seas were divided. Moses. We can go all through the Bible the lame walked when Peter prayed in Acts 3 and stood on the word of God. In Acts 9.20, the dead will be raised. Even my sleepers here today. You can expect a miracle if you're sleeping. You could fall to the floor dead and God could heal you like he did this young boy in Acts chapter 20. The preacher was preaching too long. He fell out of the window to his death. Paul went down there, he said, oh, he's not dead, laid hands on him and raised him to life. The power of our words, the power of our prayers, that's what we need to press into. There is power in our spoken words and our prayers. What are we speaking into our lives today? Things are not out of control. God's in control. And I told Jim and the staff the other day that we need to start portraying that as a church. The world's wanting to say things are out of control. God's lost control. Everything's madness right now. Guys, God is sovereign. He's never out of control. And we need to, to come across that way. We can't come across that way if we're not walking in his peace. And we can't walk in his peace if we're not seeking him first above all things. So be the example we need to be. We got to do these things. We've got to press into God now more than ever. And when we do, heaven will come quickly for us because things are so awesome here. We could just stop with that. I want you to think on that a minute. Things are not out of control. God is in control and we need to portray that in our lives. The believer. Expectation number two, they will make fun and scoff about us believing Christ is going to return. Verse five said. But guys, when I was reading this, the scripture, when's he going to return? Like he promised. Everything is going the same way since it has, since he died on the cross. How many of us, I, I'm guilty, have thought, Jesus, will you return? 
And the only way to get away from that is to press into him even more. Expectation number three, God has not forgotten us. Christ is coming soon, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the knife, night. Does the thief tell you when he's coming? No, but you protect your house and keep it in order to be prepared. We don't know when Christ is coming, but we keep our house, keep it in order, keep seeking him and everything will be all right and expect him to come. We need to be prepared, prepared. Man, congratulations, Lamar football team. Man, let's give the Lord praise for that. Man, another Missouri championship. Man, number eight, I think. Man, that's pretty awesome. I texted a few of the boys and I said, man, this is, 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 is an awesome thing, isn't it? And all of them checked back, Mo, it's the most wonderful thing. They all loved that. Yes, it's powerful. Man, did you watch that game? They fought hard six to three. Man, it was a defensive battle. They had to fight hard for what they believed in. They had to put the time in, the hours in, and, and, and work hard to accomplish what they did. It wasn't just handed to them, but look at the celebration they're celebrating today. But I text the ones that I, the ones that I text, I said, that is wonderful. And man, you're on a high now, but just think of the high you're going to be on when you're in heaven because that championship's nothing compared to what Christ is going to be, heaven and eternity. And we need to work just as hard at preparing ourselves, the studying that goes in, the time that goes in, the preparation that goes in. We too need to do these things because Jesus is coming back. Expectation number four. Guys, don't use this as an opportunity to make God out and paint God out as a bad God. God sent Jesus. He came and God is sending Jesus to come get us because of the state we are in. He didn't put us there. God didn't make this the way it is today. Adam and Eve chose it and it just comes down generation to generation. So don't blame God for our past ignorances. Or our past problems, maybe some we couldn't even help. Don't blame God because God loves you. Peter explains that the Lord is slow to return because he loves you. He's slow to come back because he loves each and every one of us. And he does not want to see the ungodly destroyed because they're going to be destroyed. Verse 7. Verse 9 says he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. So you can say to anybody, well, God doesn't want to save that guy or God doesn't want to save this girl or God doesn't want to save me. That is not true. God doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. Instead, he wants all people to turn away from their sins and believe in Jesus. He's offering everybody eternal life. We need to realize that God loves us so much. Romans 5 eight, but God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Remember that while our Lord is waiting patiently to return, people are being saved. Remember that. 
Last week, we baptized three. Our goal was to baptize somebody every week. We need to go after people. We need to remember that the everyday Christ waits to give somebody an opportunity to be saved. And remember, he will return. God wants us to spend all eternity in heaven with him. And I wanted to read John 3.17, because we always talk about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. We hear that a lot, but we don't hear 17. For God did not come or send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus wants, God wants all of us to be saved. And the last thing today is that the Lord is in control. The Lord is sovereign in control over the future. Things aren't out of control. God is in control. Jesus is coming back. We can look forward to a new heaven. We can look forward to a new earth, as 2 Peter 13, or 3.13 tells us. But we must continue to trust the Lord. When things aren't going the way we want them to go, or, or, or it's easy to begin to trust in worldly things or other gods, if you will. To be honest with you, a good example. Our hope is not in President Trump. No matter, how, no matter how bad I want him in office, if he doesn't get there, our hope is not in him. God is in control. God will always be in control. I'll never forget, and I probably shouldn't do this, but, but I'll never forget whenever uh, President Obama was elected into his second term. I'd walked into Dad's house and standing in the doorway, and I saw it on his TV, and I began to weep because I didn't want another four years of that. And I don't cry over politics normally. And the Lord spoke to me then, just like I'm speaking to you now. I'm in control. The world is not out of control. And we got through another four years of that. And I got political. Forgive me, but that's what I feel. But we must continue to trust the Lord. If you trust in the world... You'll become like the world. If you trust in Jesus, you'll become like Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Remember, when the Lord hands down his sentence, it will be in his people's favor. Do you guys get that? When God hands down the sentence, in other words, judgment day, his people will be in his favor. In other words, he's going to save us. He will show deep concern for those who serve him. Psalms 135, 14. We must continue to turn to the Lord. We may not understand why things are the way they are, why Christ hadn't returned, or why this hadn't happened, or why this should happen, or God, I thought you told me this, or God, I thought you told you that. We just trust in the Lord, and we keep turning to the Lord. You think that Kyle's going to give up on that baby because it's crying and upset? He's a father. He's going to love that child and help him through that time. Perfect timing, Micah. He's already prophesying. 
That's what Micah means, by the way, is prophecy. I think you all know that, but or it means like God, actually. But anyhow, I don't want to get into that. I'm losing track. I hear you. But we must continue to turn to the Lord. And what kind of people should you be? Again, turn to the Lord. You should lead holy, godly lives. We talked about this. How do we continue to trust the Lord, live godly lives? Try your best to be found pure and without blame. Be at peace with God. Grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I added in verse 18 there. It's all through this passage. Live like this as you look forward to the day of the Lord. Living like this will make that day come more quickly. And then the third thing, we must continue to thank the Lord. Glory belongs to him both now and forever. 2 Peter 3.18 says. Guys, since World War II, Western Europe and the United States have had a higher standard of living than any people in the history of the world. And we've rejected God. Whew. We turned our backs on God. And his judgment is coming closer. In this 200 years of this time frame, when God has blessed us and given us food, we should have repented and bend our knees instead of going or repented and been on our knees instead of going to our knees and thanking him we've gone on a wild pleasure binge we're more interested in things than we are in god and again that was billy graham this is 1965 when we should have repented and been on our knees instead of going to our knees and thanking him We've gone on a wild pleasure binge. And he said that in 65. I wonder what he'd think now. I was born in 65, by the way. And I could have got that date wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Because I get thinking I'm 55. Was he even around in 60? Yeah, but anyway. But we must be intentional with our thanks towards God. As we lit the candle last week, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. The password to the presence, promises, and power of God come from thanksgiving. Now, I was trying to think of a story that, 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 I, that was one of the rougher times in my life to think about how to share with you guys today how to trust, to turn to God, and thank God in a really difficult situation. And one that I remembered and, and, and I never will forget because I think it put half the gray hairs on my head or on my beard. I can't even wear a beard. It's totally white. But I received a call when I was at Freeman about midnight. And one of my guys said, hey, the generators kicked on for skilled nursing and for the, the day surge. Day surge was at Oak Hill at that time or Freeman East. And anyway, he thought it was odd. And because the neighbor's lights were on. And I said, if the neighbor's lights are on, that means that it's on our end because the city still has power. In other words, the generators come on four seconds. Even if there's a glitch, like the, the power going out today, the generators would have kicked on in four seconds. When we'd lose power in the hospital, I'd go 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. 
And if the generator, the lights didn't come back on, I knew we had trouble. And so anytime the lights went out, that's the first thing that went through my mind. But this meant that this was on our end. And so we called the electricians in and I headed in to work, getting there to find out we had lost a breaker, similar to what happened today. And this breaker, though, was a foot and a half by a foot and a half. It's a big breaker. And we began to try to find this breaker to replace it because we're running on generators with no backup power in skilled nursing. And we had a hundred or uh, lots of surgeries coming in the next day. And so we're scrambling trying to, to get this because you lose power, then you got to do red bag people or, or bag people, I guess some say, but, but you got to resort to other techniques and it makes it very difficult. And so we also didn't have air conditioning and on emergency power. They did within a, two months after that, but we didn't have air conditioning in the middle of July in skilled nursing or the, the surgery areas. So that's going to be in July, 110 degrees. Uh, we sent guys out to buy fans. We're calling all over the United States, called Canada, start calling everywhere trying to find this breaker. Could not find it anywhere. Man, my nerves, I've never been so shook in my life nerve-wise. And I kept going to the Lord in prayer, kept trusting the Lord, uh, turning to the Lord. And to be honest with you, trying to thank him and trying to honor these principles. And it was very difficult to do it, to be positive. Hey, guys, it's going to work out. Or, hey, staff, it's going to work out. Well, the other side of that, I called my boss. And my boss said, you know, we were set up for these times. Don't, don't need to say anything. I couldn't live with that. To me, it wasn't my decision. And so I accidentally called the head nurse of skilled and all those and let them know. And within an hour, administration decided to kill all surgeries and gave me to 12 noon the next day to get this thing fixed, which put more pressure on. And because you had to assure them, you had to assure everybody else, uh, all this stuff going on. And anyway, again, can't find this breaker. Well, guess what? Two in the morning, the electrician calls me and he said, can you believe I found a breaker? It's rebuilt, but it's in Kansas City, Missouri. Miracle number one, I began to praise God even more. Reassuring when I didn't feel the reassurance or in trusting God when he didn't know. And anyway, uh, we sent guys after the generators, sent guys after fans. They bought every fan they could find and come back to cool the patients and what have you. Uh, the neat things and some of the miracles of all this, administration all came in, VPs came in, and we had circle prayer on the third floor in skilled nursing unit. And, and I was able to pray. Uh, there was miracle after miracle, opportunity after opportunity to, to preach the gospel. But I'm not going to lie to you, my nerves were shot. Uh, I kid you not, to this day I think it took years off my life. And that's a bad confession, but I want you to realize how much pressure that was. It was a lot of pressure. And so I think about anything that I've gone on, and I can name many, many more. But I can tell you today and witness to you today that whenever we put our trust in God, we turn to God and we continue to thank him, he's going to work it out. And he's going to protect us. We've, we've read it all through the word that he's got our back. And he's on our side and he's going to be with us. 
And guys, just so you know, we went back online around 11 o'clock that next morning and talk about relief. And to be quite honest with you, I figured I'd be fired because I went against what my boss told me to do. Uh, I figured that he would write me up. I figured lots of things would go on. But the VPs came down with a deal of flowers thanking me for, for what had happened and the way we handled it. And, and I say that to give glory to the Lord because I sure didn't feel it and didn't know what to do most of the time, but just trust the Lord. The other thing that blessed me, that the first words, one of the first words out of their mouth was, we lost this amount of money, and I'm wanting to say is over 160000 We lost this much money, but we saved this many lawsuits or these many troubles. And so, anyhow, for what it's worth today, where are you at in the Lord? Where are we at today? Are we expecting him? We realize he's come. Are we expecting him to come again? Are we getting pressure from the world? They're making fun of what you believe. They're making fun of the, the return of Christ. They're laughing at us. They're scoffing at us. Remember, it's that God they're scoffing at and not us. We need to press into what we believe now more than ever. We're not ignorant. Christians are not ignorant. People are, God didn't make us that way. People aren't ignorant. We choose to be if we are. And remember today, God loves you. Things aren't out of control. He's in control, and we need to demonstrate that in our lives. Just like that night, I was fighting with all I could to demonstrate it. Didn't feel it. Couldn't believe it at some times myself. Nerve shot, man. But I just stayed the course, whether I felt it or not. And the Lord blessed. Why? Because he loves us. And he's got his eye on us. And he's in control. God hadn't forgotten you. He hadn't forgotten me. He hadn't forgotten anyone. One more day without him is one more day, meaning in eternity, because we can spend every day with him. Every day without him is a day we can lead somebody to Christ. Praise team. The altar call, I don't know how to call it today, other than if you're not saved, you need to get saved. I think that, that guys all the world says they're saved. Um, if you don't know the truth, we were just talking about this the other day, me and my good buddy, and I don't even like to use the word saved anymore because people say, everybody says they're saved, they're a believer, but have you been born again? Have you been born again? Meaning, I've given up my old life and I'm living for Christ now. The old is gone. That's what being saved is. The old's gone. That's what being a believer is. The old's gone. Today, you need to be refilled with the Spirit. Got to keep our spirit, man, filled up. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, come up here and let's pray for that. You need to be renewed in the Spirit. Come up here and ask the Lord to fill you full. But God's not going to neglect you. 
The only way we're neglected is when we neglect him and we put ourselves out of his presence. Because I think you can do that. Scoffing can be, I'm not going to them altars today. Scoffing can be, I don't believe God can do this in my life. You see where I'm heading here? We need to trust in him, turn to him, and thank him. Stand to your feet today. Father, I ask that you take these words of a person, and, and Father, I ask that, that you remove anything that was said in my flesh, that only things that, that you said through the Spirit would be remembered today. And Father, I ask that each person here today would be reminded of what you spoke to them until they deal with it. In Jesus' name. And Father, I ask that we're comfortable and that we're at peace to coming to you, to coming to you at these altars, to coming to you wherever we may be, online or outside, and just saying, Jesus, save me today. I want to believe. Or maybe, Jesus, fill me full of your Holy Spirit. I've been, I've been one of the skeptics, and I want the baptism of your Holy Spirit today. Whatever it may be, Lord, Father, I ask that you move across this body today. And Father, cause us not to be skeptics, but Father, to trust you and to turn to you and to thank you for the result in the end. In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open. Take this time to, to just come to the Lord now.